Before we begin the episode, here's a disclaimer, not for the content of the episode, but for its audio quality. Because when we recorded this, it appears we accidentally used the microphone on the webcam instead of the actual microphone that we meant to use. So the audio quality is quite a bit lower than it should be. So uh, I'd like to apologize for that. I slapped four different effects on the file to make it sound better, but it didn't help much. So we apologize. It's going to be normal again for the next one. Uh, enjoy anyway. It's a good one. In 1967, Roland Barthes wrote La Mort de l'Auteur, The Death of the Author, an essay proclaiming that the opinions of an author on what his text may mean are irrelevant to the interpretation of said text. In 2020, Julian and Magnus Dora decided that the author's abilities are just as irrelevant. This is Kill the Author. Hello and welcome back to Kill the Author, episode 16 uh, of our podcast. Second half, episode 9. No, first half, episode 9. Yes. Yes, first half. We, we haven't had the first half yet. Did you, did you, did you prepare the wrong half of the episode? No, no, no. Okay. No, okay, that's good. good. That's good to know. So, just gonna give, like, a slight spoiler here. My notes are pitiful. I barely wrote anything down. There were whole scenes where I basically was just like, I'll vaguely remember what happened here. I don't need to sum that up. Uh, well, I have quite a lot of notes, actually. Mm -hmm. I think we've had something like this before. Yeah. We've had, we've had the same situation in uh, different directions before, where one of us had a lot to say in an episode and one didn't have anything to say at all. This is kind of the direction we're going here, I guess. We probably mentioned this in an episode, in an earlier episode, but like your notes tend to be a lot more, this is what happens with like additional research and mine are the very basics of what happens with mainly interpretations of what happens and like comments on it. Yeah, I'm bad at doing that. And that's fine. We, uh, we balance each other out. Uh, perfect balance. Uh, like the, the like, Thanos uh, thing. As all things should be, you know. Like perfect, in, per, yeah, perfectly Thanos. That's, yeah, that like, is that is still a topical meme, right? Like in uh, Infinity Game or whatever. Yeah. Or the the uh, Avengers. Uh, I thought it was an end war. It was an end war. Yeah. This is a bad bit. Where T. Hanos. Just stone. All right, all right. So my notes for the start are replay of end of episode eight. Yeah, it's just the same scene again. The episode starts on a shot of Setsna's face, mm. and uh, when he did his notes before me, he sent me an image of this. Yeah, and when I did my notes earlier, I sent him the same image. Yeah, like the the context to that, I didn't even write you anything, but the context to that what was I started the episode, put it on full screen, and was like, I feel so tired. <sighs> you did your notes at two in the morning. Yeah, but like. At, at one and a half. Like, it, it was... It, okay, it was two when I was done. <laughs> I was in bed. I wasn't tired because of that. I was tired because... Oh, we're going back to this. Ah, this... The, the story of this podcast is... I always have fun recording it, but I have to force myself to start recording it sometimes. Uh, and I have to force myself to make notes sometimes. Because this anime can be draining. And this is an episode that drained me, but from what I heard from you, uh, you got a lot of entertainment out of this. Yeah, I had fun. Alright, then tell me what happens. So yeah, we got a, we got a flashback scene, um, just the ending of the last episode mm. again, just a recap. Uh, Setsuna kissed Makoto, Yeah. which no one enjoyed. Yeah. He was also asleep, so that is super not fine. Yeah, something small I wrote down here is that we have basically like, shot for shot, the end of last episode, and then before we continue, we have a very short cut to an unlit bonfire. Like, we see the logs put out there for the bonfire for later in the festival, and then we cut back in, and there's, like, no reference to what specifically that shot was meant to imply. Like, we haven't even seen the bonfire being set up or anything like that. I don't even remember that. I noticed it because I thought, like, hey, that's, like, 
Maybe that's a metaphor for the situation about to get heated. Yeah. Or like there's something that's about to catch fire in the situation. And it's Kotonoha showing up. Yeah. Yeah, Kotonoha shows up, uh, sees what happens. This is where the last episode ended, uh, but now we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now we have uh, we have a scene outside of the room between Kotonoha and Setsuna. Yes. And uh, this is interesting because I don't think we've had one before. I also don't think so. Not not in, like this, at least. Uh, the interesting part about this scene specifically is the way that Kotonoha confronts her. Yeah. Because she's not usually this confrontative at all. Mm-hmm. And also, like, uh, like the things that she says specifically, she asks Setsuna likes Makoto because they mm-hmm. kissed. Uh, she says uh, no, and basically, I think she said this in the last episode too. She d- wanted to have uh, a memory, a memory for herself, a yeah. memory that was just her own. Which I don't even know what that means. And, uh, I, and there was a really funny line from Kotonoha right after that, which is like, "This has nothing to do with Makoto or me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you wanting to have a memory that's just your own. What the fuck does that have to do with Makoto? Why would you need him for that? Like. There, this episode is going to go a little bit more into her motivation yeah. there, but I thought that was interesting. And to what you just said, that Kotonoha confronts Setsuna, this isn't the first time in recent time that we've seen Kotonoha confront someone, because we've also seen her confront Sekai after she left uh, Makoto's apartment, like two episodes ago, I think, when they met in the middle of the night. And that kind of makes me think, like, she does seem to be at a point now where she does confront people about this. Just only women. And, and only about Makoto. Yeah, and never Makoto himself. Yeah, no one ever confronts Makoto. Yeah, no one ever confronts Makoto. But, like, she does seem to be at a point now where she doesn't want to deal with this anymore. Or she doesn't want to go through this anymore and wants explanations. But she only goes to women who seem to want something from Makoto. Like, Makoto is literally asleep during the entire scene. When Kotonoha asks uh, Setsuna what, um, like, whether she has feelings for Makoto, mm-hmm. um, she also specifically says, is this why you got in between us earlier? Yeah. Uh, are you actually into him? And then she responds, no, it, w- it was all it was, it was all, all about Sekai. Sekai. Yeah. And, and she responds, she doesn't respond with shock or something like everyone always does in this anime. Yeah. Like, what? He has nothing to do with Sekai. Yeah, he, she's completely aware of it. Exactly. She insists just continues, like, uh, you wouldn't kiss someone who you didn't like in mm. that way, right? Ever the more confusing that she then just go, goes on you to say... You wouldn't download a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it uh, even more confusing that she... She then goes on to say, this has nothing to do yeah. with, with us, right? With yeah. Makoto or me. But that you kissed him has nothing to do with him, right? But it kind of doesn't, right? Like, her motivation in all of this seems to be completely, at this point, we're going to go a little bit more into that throughout the episode, but at this point, her motivation from what she came seems to have nothing to do with Makoto and Sekai. But I don't believe that. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> But I thought that was an interesting point, because, like, we've never had set up before, like, literally the last three minutes of last episode, that there's anything between Okoto and Setsuna. At all. Yeah. So, I thought the idea that it was literally just, you know, to do something weird before she leaves, that's kind of interesting. And from her explanation, at least, it has nothing to do with Katonoha or Makoto. Okay. Well, at the end of the scene, Nanami shows up. To end the scene. Mm-hmm. She just shows up and then they both excuse each other and just leave. I wrote in my notes and we shall never speak of this again at the end of the scene. Because like the way I remembered it, it literally never came up again. But I was wrong. I was wrong. It does come up again. Yeah, it does. Uh, next is the intro. Do you have anything to say about the intro this time? No. Okay. Do you have anything to say about the intro? No. Okay. So we're done with that. All right. So, okay, the next five seconds of the anime, Uh I spent 45 minutes analyzing. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you all of my notes on, like, the next three minutes of the anime. Dumbass resolution to dumbass anime battle last time. But I'm I'm, I'm assuming you have more to say than that. 
Yeah, so uh, we find out... Uh, so first of all, I think this was interesting, because often shows just do these this kind of ridiculous, over-the-top bullshit, mm -hmm. and then everyone just forgets about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, to the like, next episode. Yeah. Like this kind of joke, everything went completely to shit, and then and next episode, just, just back to status quo. Yeah, yeah, they like to do that as a joke, too, in mm -hmm. cartoons, if they're, like, self-referential. Yeah, but all of this weird army garbage nonsense that happened in the last episode yeah. has actual consequences. Yeah. Um, Apparently, Setsuna had to go to the principal's office and they signed a truce. Mm. Um, Between the little sister cafe, the maid cafe, and the zombie haunted house. Yeah. Right at the beginning, we see the truce in the principal's office. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah. that. It's just a whole text filled with Japanese, so that <laughs> I can't do anything with that. Mm. Except I can, actually. Alright. Because I took a screenshot of the paper... I photoshopped it to rotate and tilt it uh, so it's straight. So you could put it in like a translation program. That's exactly what I did. Oh my god. <laughs> I put it into a software online that translated into Japanese characters. Uh -huh. And then I translate translated those again back into English. Mm -hmm. Using three different translators. I so... see why you needed 45 minutes on this. <laughs> and then use three different translators to translate it into English. Mm -hmm. So I could get the most comprehensive result of what this is used. <laughs> this is supposed to be. Is there like any particular reason why you decided to do it? I that? wanted to know what it said. <laughs> So, okay, then reveal it to me. I just Google Translate, uh, Bing Translate, mm -hmm. and uh, Deep L. I didn't even know there's a Bing Translate. Uh, I, I, I didn't either. <laughs> so, um, Deep L, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna say, had by far the best results. Okay. The other two were, no, were not legible, mm -hmm. <laughs> barely legible. Okay. So, here's my translation. So, the, the header says. Uh, uh, Gakuen Kansai War Agreement. Mm -hmm. uh, Gakuen is, as far as I can tell, uh, I looked it up in the wiki, is the place where the school is. Okay, okay. Uh, Kansai, I'm not sure. This might be a mistranslation. Uh huh. Um, uh, but it, it is a region of Japan, so maybe that's what that means. Maybe we figured out the region where the city our game takes place is. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I didn't All really right. look into that. All right. It could also just be a mistranslation because, like, I had some. A blurry image mm -hmm. of Japanese characters that I turned into text and then translated. Yeah, I'm totally not Googling this right now. Oh, okay. I, I just want to know because I have a theory. Ah, okay, Osaka is in Kansai. And that's possible that that's what that is. Like, I've been wondering what the city in school is as a stand-in for. Like, I said before that it's like Fantasy Tokyo, but it might be a stand-in for Osaka. That's like the biggest city in that part of Japan. Anyways, mm. ca carry on. So the text then continues. The name that goes down is... So it's supposed to be like... Uh, the name under this. Yeah. Um, Shanyamaki, principal of Zaino Gakuen. Uh, Zaino, as far as I can tell, means something like lumber. So uh -huh. that's probably a mistranslation. Yeah, it's probably the name of the school, right? Yeah, it's probably supposed to be the name of the school. What's the school named again? It has a name that's come up. Uh, that wasn't the last episode. I forgot about it. I'm going to look it up on Google. We're supposed to do our research before the episode. Yeah, but you were the one who should have done this uh, research. Come on. I didn't know that you translated the war pact. Sakakino Academy. Now let me look at this. The text was not on there anywhere. I checked. Okay. Okay. So it's, it doesn't look like Sakakino. Oh, it was on there somewhere, but the, the characters got messed up when I scanned it. Maybe. Maybe the characters got yeah. mangled. I'm trying to find out what part of it is. Is there anything that looks like a sa or a ka? Can no, that's the wrong script. I can't even read that. All right, continue. I hereby declare that I have been appointed as a representative of the class for each of the members of the student council. Mm -hmm. uh, the following is a copy of the agreement. The following is a list of the 42 layers of the school's constitutional documents that were issued by the administration. Okay, I, mean, I assume this means pages. 42 pages yeah. of the school's constitutional documents. In addition, we have agreed to abide by the ordinance against the use of force by a large number of people in a, in a school. <laughs> Here and after referred as the ordinance against the use of force by a large number of people in a school. <laughs> so, longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here and after referred to as the regulations of the trial of many students. Okay, so we have two different ways it can be interpreted. All right. From now on, we will maintain the moderation and discretion spirit given to us in the... Uh, I have no idea what that is. Uh, Gakutaku Torihiki Ordinance. Aha, uh -huh, that's... I mean, I assume that's the name of the... 
contract they're signing. I like to assume that that means anything. Maybe it's the name of someone we don't know. <laughs> we will not interfere with each, with each other's activities, and we will strive to make peace and harmony with each other. That makes sense. That mm -hmm. makes sense. In order to achieve the goals of the school, we will make sure that our events do not interfere with the activities of others. Mm -hmm. The assigned hereby pledge themselves to the following. In the event that any of the above strategies are violated, the undersigned shall promptly cancel their own events mm. and take responsibility for the actions of the school. So they don't get trial by fire or something. No. They just cancel. And then underneath it, there's three signatures. First year representative, uh, Umemi Watanabe. Mm -hmm. Second year representative, uh, Mitsuru Yamataka. And third year representative, Setsuna Kiyoda. So that's how her name is written. Interesting. Actually, um... At first, I could not recognize any of this name mm -hmm. because I didn't have Setsna, but something completely different there. Mm. Uh, but then Kyura was there. That one was correct. All right, all right. So then I figured out that uh, this is probably Setsna. She is the third year representative. Yeah. So then I looked at the characters of what uh, what I can actually see in the mm -hmm. shot and what her name in Japanese looks like. And yeah, that's Setsna. All right. It just got messed up. We can just assume that some things in here got kind of jumbled. Yeah. I don't know, the, the names the buff might also be wrong. I couldn't find yeah. anything about them on the wiki. I mean, they're like, if they're not even on the wiki, like, what can you do? The wiki is so comprehensive. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm not done with these five seconds. Oh, okay. I thought that was it. Because mm -hmm. in the next shot, we basically see Setsuna... Let me just take a sip of my beer for this one. We see Setsuna uh, essentially, I guess, sign the thing by just bumping it with, with her costume. Yes, and yes, I saw that. I thought that I was kind that. of funny. Yeah, <laughs> she's still not out of costume. Mm -hmm. And then we see two people be standing behind her mm -hmm. that we haven't seen before. So I had, so my initial thought was that's probably just a principal and like his secretary or wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, or and then I thought, what if those are actually her parents? Mm. What if that's possible? So. Never let me go to the wiki again. <laughs> I, I, I went to the wiki to find out what her parents look uh -huh. like. Um, those are not her parents, mm. but my god, what I found. Alright. So from what I can tell, uh, Setsuna's family is quite um, incestuous. Okay. <laughs> go on. <laughs> so I don't really... So as far as I can tell, her parents appear to be half-siblings. Mm -hmm. And there's something else going on, because there was one character on the display. I mean, they're French. <laughs> what? What does that have to do with anything? They're not even actually French, continue. <laughs> there was one character described there as her grandfather slash maternal great-grandfather via Kagura and great-great-uncle via Mai. I don't even know who these characters are. Mm -hmm. uh, so then, there, there's so many characters in there, and just people that she's related to. Uh-huh. And it gets, it gets wilder. Because then I saw that apparently she also has a paternal half-sister slash maternal cousin-aunt. Yeah, of course, because yeah. her parents are siblings. Called Sekai Sayonji. Wait. Yes. She's related to Sekai? Sekai is apparently her paternal half-sister and maternal cousin-aunt. Wait, okay, wait. Wait, okay, so... Wait, if Sekai is both her half-sister and her cousin... Aunt. <laughs> yes, whatever that means. I I assume... Wait, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense if her parents are half-siblings. I have no idea. It just says, I think, that her father... Unless, like, her father and her mother... Unless they're also related in an additional way, like they're half-siblings, and maybe... I have no idea how this makes any sense. I, I didn't bother. Like, what, what what was I expected to do? Like, draw a whole family tree? Like the one of, of like the blacks in Harry Potter. You're saying this like you actually did it, and I'm... No, I didn't. Okay, but you should have. <laughs> I didn't yet. It would have been fucking amazing. Yeah, that's not it. She also has a double half-uncle. <laughs> and that's Makoto. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, Makoto is her half uncle. Her double half half uncle. What, what does that mean? <laughs> She's, I guess, her half uncle maternally and paternally. <laughs> so, like, his parents were also the parents of Setsuna's parents. I guess everyone's related. <laughs> because also, her maternal cousin uncle via Ayumu is Taisuke. 
Yeah, of course she's also related to Taisuke. What? Ah, <laughs> uh, every so it's like it's always been incest. <laughs> so everything has always been incest. <laughs> Is it that meme with the astronaut? <laughs> Wait, it's, it's all incest. Always <laughs> has been. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, and it specifically said uh, Taisuke is her maternal cousin uncle via Ayumu. I don't know who her Ay Ayumu is, but apparently he's her maternal granduncle slash maternal half uncle. Uh huh. That's I don't know. I just wanted to write that down. They're so apparent. I mean, the games are apparently softcore porn, so of course everyone's kind of related. Yeah, but this is fucking weird. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I'm gonna have to see if there's an actual family tree of this. And if not, I will make one. Yeah, there needs... We need that. I need to understand. <laughs> like, okay, the, the only way Makoto's relationship to her makes sense to me is if the two parents, the two half-parents... Okay, like, Setsna has parents that are half-siblings. Maybe. It appears that. It said specifically her dad is also her half-uncle and her mom is also her half-aunt. And that's how that, that's the way that that made sense to me. Okay. Okay. So in that situation, they both would share one parent, but they would also each have a parent that they don't share. Yeah. Let's say that they have the same dad and different moms. Then for the Makoto thing to make sense, one of these half-parents that the parents don't share would have to be his parents. I guess. But the other one would also have to be related somehow. I don't know. It's even more confusing, because again, there's a character who is described as both her grandfather and great-grandfather and great-grand-uncle. What the fuck's going on? Let's just give up. Wait, maybe wait. I did Katono. Katono Ha wasn't on the list. All right. Maybe this is why everyone's attracted to Katono because <laughs> he's the only person. To, he's only everyone's per uncle. He's the only person at the school who isn't related to them. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Uh, anyway, I came oh, that's here. That's so unfortunate. I came here to figure out who the principal was. Uh huh. Remember. So I just, I, the last thing I did was to actually look up principal on the wiki. Uh-huh. And I, there's apparently some principal somewhere who died having sex, I guess. I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, the, the point is, uh, those two people, they are not, they're not the parents of her. Okay. They're probably related. Yeah, probably. I mean, we can just assume that at that point. They're probably the principal and his secretary slash wife. This is like... This is like you go to the movie theater and watch, like, Avengers for the first time, right? And you've only seen Avengers. You haven't seen any of the other movies. You've only seen Avengers and you were like, hey, that was fun. That was cool. I'm going to check out all the other stuff. And then you find out that all of the solo movies are porn. Like, every single one of the solo movies is a porn movie. And you're like, how the fuck did I not notice that? <laughs> how the fuck were there no signs? How, how did I not understand this? This is how that feels. Because, like... Yes, there is one or the other titty in this anime once mm -hmm. in a while. But it's like, it's really tame in like the sexual aspect of it. It's incredible to me <laughs> how explicit the universe is. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. The three Claire's are signed a non-aggression pact. Uh, mm -hmm. she, she says that she says so much herself and then the rest of class three decide to let Setsuna rest mm. while they just take care of customer service and stuff themselves. Yeah, I was I was thinking when they said that, like, they, they say she rests like she didn't show up this day. Um, and that made me think, like, hey, does that mean that she already left? Did she already travel to France and just didn't tell anyone? I mean, she's there at the beginning of the scene. That's true. And that's then she true. leaves. <laughs> she just takes the plane and leaps. Never shows up at the anime. Goodbye. Uh, speaking no, she of, does show up again. Speaking of, the next scene. I'm surprised you didn't write more about an actual theater scene. I wrote this much. Okay? I have some. That's a little bit. That's, like, that's a bit. Yeah. So the next is a theater scene where I have to assume Cessna is dreaming. Yeah. Or, like, it's a vis visualization of her internal content. Yeah, she's, like, watching a k kabuki theater. Yeah. Of, like, stuff going on. Actually, it's not... It's it's clearly inspired by kabuki, because everybody's wearing masks. Mm. But it's not actually kabuki. I actually looked it up. 
uh, I wanted to know, like, do the masks mean something? And I have, like, a little bit of knowledge about Kabuki. And uh, Kabuki has, like, very specific meaning to the masks. And, like, the masks basically me symbolize different characters. And depending on which mask you put on, that's the character you represent. So these masks are way too featureless to be, like, actual Kabuki masks. But people wearing masks that show emotions clearly has, like, a visual inspiration from Kabuki. Um, so this is a dream, probably. Yeah. Uh, I was confused because we see a building in like an establishing shot right yeah. before this, and I was like, "What is this? I've never <laughs> seen this before." So I thought, "Is this like an actual theater?" Maybe. So maybe I, she's sitting alone in a theater and daydreaming. Uh, I saw. And I, then she gets snapped. <laughs> so I did Google school days theater, mm -hmm. and I, I just wanted to know the first result I saw, I shit you not, was school days Broadway musical original. <laughs> that was the first result that I found. Okay. It, it, it's, that it, doesn't exist, right? It's something from 1908, All so right. it has no connection. Alright, as far as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like for a moment I was like, yeah, that probably exists, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Broadway? This is school days. <laughs> it I played on Broadway? <laughs> <laughs> that would have surprised me, to be fair. So, uh, the musical going on is basically mm -hmm. just a, a a very obvious representation of the conflict that she's in. Yeah. We see, like, a like a woman uh, wearing like, a red mask uh, who basically says, you laid your hands on the flower that everyone desires yeah. to, uh, to a man in a red mask. And he says, no, I merely touched it. Mm -hmm. The idea being, you know, the guy in the red mask is Setsuna. Yeah. Um, the flower is Koto is Makoto. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the flower that everyone wants, of course. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Why would you not? Yeah. A hot piece of ass like Makoto. <laughs> who could say no to that? And I'm not sure who the the woman in red represents. It's either Kotonoha or it's like her conscience. I didn't. I, I I saw it more as not even her conscience, but as both voices, kind of her internal conflict. Because I saw this less as a. How could I touch the flower? How could I do this? And more as a trying to grapple with why she did it. That's my interpretation of the scene. I don't know if you have something else to say about that one. No, no, not, not much more. Uh, there's some more interesting stuff at the end of this mm. scene. Uh, she, uh, the red guy who represents Setsuna continues to mm -hmm. say, uh, I had not the slightest intention to set loose pain in this world by putting my feelings for that flower to words. Mm. I'm mostly mentioning this because I know it comes up at the end of this uh, of this whole episode. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I, I pre-watched this. Yeah. And some lines of this are repeated there. Yeah. But like, uh, the next part I think is a bit more interesting. Uh, okay, first of all, uh, by putting my feelings for that flower to the words, at this point the metaphor is kind of dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get what this means because like, like for me this was more of a conflict of, like what she said before, this was just for me. Was this just for her? Or yeah. does she actually have feelings for Makoto? Mm -hmm. And she's trying to explore that herself. Some small things that I wrote down about this that I found interesting. It's a pretty small thing, but I thought it was interesting. You have multiple actors on that stage. Yeah. Uh, male and female. And I thought it was interesting that there's a female voice berating her for her feelings while she herself is represented by a male character and a male voice. Yeah, I, I thought about that. That yeah. was interesting. I thought that was interesting because this show, we've talked about this before, but this show follows a very, very rigid form of gender roles throughout the most of it. Yeah. Where men are supposed to take action, are supposed to be dominant, are supposed to, like, take the first step always, while women are passive, women are being acted on. But simultaneously, we have things like nobody blames Makoto for doing what he does. Uh, it's always the women who are tempting him and something like that. A very, very traditionalist, conservative view of women. I thought it was interesting that Setsuna, who has always been portrayed as this very strong character, who's strong beyond uh, who she looks like and who everybody thinks, ah, she's got her shit down, is this is portrayed here as this uh, male figure that is very emotional. I just thought there was an interesting mix because like the way the anime views men is a lot more fitting to how Setsuna acts because she is constantly the proactive one in the situation. And that she portrays herself in a masculine form I thought was interesting, but that the masculine form is the one that has to grapple with its emotions while the feminine forms basically like tell tell them to make a decision 
Um, I just thought it was interesting to think oh, yeah. about why would Setsuna portray herself in her own subconscious as a man who is being uh, basically, basically pressured into a decision by women. That is interesting, yeah. It made me... I don't know, it, it just co sort of speaks, in my opinion, to the gender roles of the anime and how Setsuna sort of doesn't fit into the feminine image of the anime and how she sort of has to grapple with that exact thing at that point. Yeah, uh, at, the, at the end, the, the, the red woman, the woman in red... Uh, the red mask, yeah. ...goes on to say, so if there, was, if there was no one to hear those words, you could get away with anything. That is so, there would be no difference in what has occurred. And I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that means. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe the idea is that if no one had noticed, if mm -hmm. no one had, had seen what had happened, therefore if she truly has no feelings for Makoto, this wouldn't have meant much. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it only means something because she was caught. And I guess the question is that's actually true. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if, if she would be grappling with this if no one had confronted her in the situation. Yeah. Because then it would have just been, yeah, a memory just for her, because nobody else would have been actively involved in it. Uh, then at the end, the red man continues to go, like, I... I, And then he never finishes the sentence. We see Setsna, and as you said, she, she gets snapped. She yeah, just, she gets snapped. He just disappears. She just vanishes. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, she doesn't leave. She just fades out, and the theater is still there. She just... She's mm. gone. He's gone. Man, if we named our episodes, this would be like episode 16, Endgame. <laughs> With all the... This is like the third time we've referenced Avenger of this time. <laughs> this one episode. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, what, four minutes into the actual episode? I mean, we're like 30... What, what, how, however much it's actually going to be when it's edited down, like 34 minutes? <laughs> yeah, it's a good bit. Why are the episodes where we have very little to say always the longest and the ones where we have a lot to say very short? I don't know, because we have nowhere to get to. Yeah, maybe we're more focused. <laughs> so the next scene is in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, right with Makoto, mm -hmm. who basically... Like, he's, he's he's making cakes, and the first thing he Together does... Together with Sekai. Yeah, is he wants to bail. Mm -hmm. Because Setsuna isn't there to, like, actively stop him from doing it. Uh, like, we see Makoto is bored he, of making cakes, but Sekai likes it. Mm -hmm. She likes doing it, and then he, like, pretends she likes it too. I just thought that without Setsna around, Makoto just wants to give up and stop trying is a very apt metaphor for the rest of the anime. <laughs> it uh, yeah, it foreshadows his behavior later on. Maybe Setsna's role was more significant than... Maybe we underestimated Wait, Setsna. What, did, maybe, did Setsna take over the role in the anime that Sekai had? Kinda. Of like being the person who forces action to happen. Yeah, the mediating, the person who like... We'll see Sekai in this episode actually take that active role one one more time. But like, yeah, we've talked about before how, how Makoto's a very passive protagonist. And yeah, it really is that way. Like, he just says yes to absolutely everything unless someone like says, hey, think about that. Hey, give me a second. Then we should probably look out, like, once Setsuna leaves, whether there's someone to take over that role again. Mm -hmm. Or if Makoto... I think it doesn't. I think there's no one. I think Makoto just drifts after that. It might have been Kato. I think she's... A little bit, do. yeah. Kato takes a little role. Mm -hmm. Also, I did not look up Kato's name for... Which shows up later in the episode. I just... I, I think I just wrote the one with the loops. That's not Kato. Oh, I was thinking about the one with the loops. He, she takes uh, kind of on... Yeah, I guess. ...that role later on. Yeah. Kato is the one who bullies Kotona. Oh, Really? I forgot that she becomes relevant. She's relevant in this episode. She's a bit relevant in this episode, yeah. But not in this scene yet. We're still in the kitchen. Mik Makoto and Sekai uh, kind of start flir flirting over the cake. Yeah, uh, you sent me an image of this yesterday. Mm -hmm. There's this one shot where Sekai has like an entire bit of cake just on a fork suspended in the air like it's made of cement yeah it's like it's mainly cream it's like this small bit of cake flooring cake flooring is probably the wrong word for it <laughs> uh, I, I made cakes I should know that it's cream on it and then on top it's like a little bit of fruit and she has like her her, her fork is stuck like in the middle of it where it should totally fall apart uh, what dough is stuck. this yeah, like the dough has to be it's it's a, a fucking rock. It's completely burnt marble dough. Maybe cake flow flooring wasn't that bad a joke. Maybe it's literal flooring. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's just laminate. <laughs> mm. 
It's probably all fondant, the recipe. Mm. Yeah, it's just a cube of fondant. <laughs> but yeah, she holds it up to Makoto like, here, you want to try? And her eyes look fucking weird in this mm. shot too. Then he, he he commits a cute anime eat. Yes. He takes a bite like, hum. Like, hum, hum. Yes. And loops. What's loops? Who's loops? Hickory beefsteak. Hickory beefsteak. Hickory beefsteak comes in the door and is like, oh, get a room, you two. Yeah, she's looking very upset at them, like, yeah, um... The heteros are upset at all. <laughs> We're in that situation. She's looking at them very upset as they're, like, flirting. And, like, like I don't know, I had... Like, uh, before she said anything, I thought, is this because she thinks it's uh, it's obnoxious how they're, like, flirty and stuff? Mm. Or because she thinks that they should work? Or because of some other third reason? Yeah, I think it's because of the third reason. But, like, I don't think that third reason. I think the third reason is, why can't I have this? Why are they? Why are they cute seeing around? Well, I can't be with the perfect ma- uh, image of masculinity, Taisuke, Taisuke, who walks by for a second in that scene too. Yeah, Taisuke has more of an active role in this in this episode. And I wish he didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Remember last time when we talked about uh, s- sexual violence perpetrated by Taisuke in Cross Days? Yeah. Boy, I sure hope that won't happen in yep. some way in this anime. By the way, whenever Taisuke shows up in this episode, I always have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, there's no way around that. But, like, it's gonna get worse next time. <sighs> I wrote down something about Cross Days, I think, at some point in this. Speaking of Taisuke, he ends the scene. Mm. He shows up and there will now in the next scene. Yeah. Let's just not discuss him anymore. Uh, I mean, we, we're gonna have to discuss him some more. I uh, When We're now back at the entrance to the haunted house, where Kotonoha is at the counter. I just saw, I just wrote down. I'm not even gonna write down what Taisuke does. That's exactly what I thought. Katonoha is at the counter and she's using her phone Mm -hmm. where she is typing around and then Kato and Squad show up. They like they like talk to her and she's still typing on the phone, like out of it. Yeah, like most likely texting Makoto. Mm. And then like um they continue to bully her, the Mm -hmm. usual. Yeah. Bullies bully Katonoha, yes. Uh, and then we get we get to the point where the squad, specifically Kumi, that's one of them, mm-hmm. he's the one who's wearing a headband, yeah, yeah, yeah. explains, like, the three traditions of the yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. First of all, we confirm here that, uh, that Kotonoha knows about the fuck room. We speculated last time, does Kotonoha even know that there's a fuck room and that it's a fuck room? Yes, yeah, she, she does. Knows, she knows they about confirm that, that here. She's yeah. aware of the fuck room. She just seems to disapprove. That prude. Yeah. <laughs> Kumi explains what the the three traditions are. Yeah, the of the school festival. The holy rites of the fuck room. Yeah. <laughs> the first one is um uh, you go around in couples. Mhm. we this was hinted super early like if you go around at a couple on the at the school festival then good stuff mm-hmm. happens. The folk dance is a tradition and the third tradition is the fuck room. Yes. It is it is one of the school's yeah, traditions. The, and no, no, no. Oh, I didn't think you meant that. I thought you meant the holy rites of the fuck room, which I explained then, which is the the sacred ritual. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, get yeah, to yeah. next. The sacred ritual you must act out to be yeah. allowed access into the fuck room. Exactly. So uh, the sacred rite that you need to commit mm-hmm. in order to get to the fuck room yes. is a girl holds out her fist to a guy she likes mm-hmm. while like looking at the floor. I don't know if that's mandatory. I don't think it is. Also, when she does it, she has, like, a small piece of paper in her hand, and I, I don't think that's mandatory I don't either. know if that's part of it. Yeah, I don't think that's part of it. I mean, the animators didn't do this for no reason, right? That's probably a reason for that. Yeah. They, they probably didn't have this shot lying around from another episode and decided to reuse it. No, I don't it. think so. It's too specific. Okay. Um, if he takes her hand, mm-hmm. then they go fuck in the fuck room. Yeah. Yeah, we see that symbolized through uh, boy. Boy-girl. Yeah, uh, showing showing like that off in a maid uniform for some reason. Yeah, what was her name again? I, isn't wait, is she part of the maid cafe? That's probably why she was. Wait, no, she was. I, I her name is in my notes. She was. It, she ended the first scene. <laughs> Nanami. 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 Right. <laughs> I hope you could hear the sound of the the scroll wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 late. All right. <laughs> so once the fuck room rights are explained. My next notes for like the next few minutes are Taisuke is an incel. I don't know if you have anything on top of that. Yeah, it, it becomes hard to ignore Taisuke scenes if they're like, like it's significant. They, it becomes significant after a bit, but until that point I was just like, alright, let's see, let's see where this goes. Taisuke walks around with some boxes and complains mm-hmm. about the fact that he's single. Yeah. 
And then he, he he's an incel. He sees Katonoha typing around, and like he starts hating on her because yeah. he's Taisuke. And uh, he says that she works too hard and that she she should take a break. Yeah. He's he's right. Yeah. He's right about that. And she says she can't. She's the class president and the fair planner, which I thought was pretty strange because she basically says. I can't, I can't just get someone else to do this. I only have all the power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, the from what I remember, the bullies were actually supposed to, like, switch out with her. At least one of them was. Yeah, I, I think it's more a thing that she is the class president and fair planner, but, like, the bullies are actually running the thing. Mm. Cause like, she's, yeah, yeah, she's just very, very timid. Then a couple shows up for the fuck room. It's not relevant, just wanted to yeah, say fuck room again. Yeah, it just happens. Uh, and then he basically asks her out to go hang hang at the festival. I'm gonna write down what I wrote up about her response. Mm-hmm. Uh, she declines because she's in love with Mark, not Johnny. He says Johnny is the perfect man. Uh, she still uh, responds that she's in love with Mark, yeah. not Johnny. The usual. He says, but you're with Sakai and I'm sick of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't it, think he says that. I think that's your comment on it. No, he, he actually did does say oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> And then she goes, um, does he say that? And then Taisuke's like, no, but it's obvious. Yeah. Every, everyone knows. And then she doubles down on it and he... And she also says, like, please don't say that. That's hurtful to me. And he, he actually leaves. Yeah. And then we saw that she was, in, in fact, texting the Hoto yeah. all the time. Yeah. Just sending him a bunch of messages. Yeah, she. Uh, I, I wrote down just, keep in mind for later that she's made it here very clear to Taisuke that she's not interested in him. Uh, we go back to the kitchen. I hate this scene. Mm-hmm. We see Makoto's phone lying around, uh, yeah. which is buzzing. It's receiving messages. Yeah, that means she, it's receiving messages. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was actually made specifically clear, but that means that he did unblock her. Yeah. Was that clarified? I, I, I don't think they made it explicitly clear. We just... Uh, heard, that was in the scene where uh, Sekai was at his house and Kotonoha showed oh, up. Man, that was like half a pandemic ago. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, I think in that scene they didn't confirm it. We just heard their conversation from the distance while Sekai was listening to it. It's confirmed he did unblock Kotonoha. That might be relevant later on. So Makoto spends the rest of the scene molesting Sekai. Yeah, he and, just uh, grabs her ass. Just grabbing her ass a bunch, and he says they should take a break. Suggestively, meaning the break room. You like know. Makoto, you don't fucking understand anything. Did she raise her fist out to you? No. Yes, hello? Do you not understand the sacred rights? What fucking heresy are you committing here, you imbecile? Uh, she says they should keep going. He keeps molesting her, and yeah. then she breaks his nuts. Yeah, she she kicks him in the nuts and says, like, uh, if you're not going to be helpful, fuck off. That's important. She tells him, if you're not going to be helpful, leave. Because, like, we see him a scene later where he says, I wasn't allowed to help in the kitchen anymore. No, you were, dude. You just weren't. You were just grabbing her ass. Then next we see Kato and the squad again, uh, bitching about Kotonoha, because yes. that's all they do. Yes. And then Kumi gets a I, message. I wrote down, that's their one personality trait. Even when they're removed from Kotonoha, all they have is talk about how much they hate Kotonoha. <laughs> and then Kumi gets a message from her boyfriend. She's a girl from the squad that explained the, uh, the, the rights yes. before. And then she leaves... And then it is brought up by the squad that Kato wants to ask out Makoto. Yeah. And this is where Makoto becomes relevant for this episode. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's this is the scene that I mentioned before. She comes up to him outside. Yeah. And he says, oh, I wasn't allowed to help in the kitchen anymore and all yeah. that. Because he's a, a garbage bitch boy. Yeah. And I hate him. Remember how that particular scene starts exactly? Yeah. The exact shot? Yeah. Of Makoto very lusciously licking on a popsicle? Yes, I do remember that. And very, I did hate in, that. very inherently sexual. Yeah, it's very sexual symbol. Yeah. I do I do find it interesting though that they gave like the, the sucking a dick metaphor to Makoto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's foreshadowing for cross days. Yeah. <laughs> for the one ending in cross days. Yeah. So Kato shows up and basically asks him, like, if they want to walk around there. Mm-hmm. And he agrees. Yeah. Because, you know. he uh, No, no, no. That's a li- literal. It's not just he agrees. It's, she asks him, would you want to walk around? And then we see Makoto. He's looking down to the ground. And then we see his eyes slowly moving up her body to her face. And then he says, sure. Like, he ogles her. And that reminded me of, like, what you brought up last time with Cross Days. His yeah. admission in Cross Days. That's what I wrote down about this. His 
if a hotter girl came around, I just jumped to her. Like this is what we're seeing here. This is li- this is obviously cross days, Mikado. I I just imagined hey, when we're done with this, we're, we're gonna have another super late night film night. We were watching. And we're gonna know days. so much garbage. Yeah, we're just gonna say we're like, gonna be so obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, anyone else who's there, uh, we're gonna like explain them. You know, actually, he admits all of this in cross days. And everyone's like, it's fucking three in the morning. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Did you actually know? Like, if you look at the family tree of sets. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a, a big genetic ball. All of us and everyone listening to this podcast, you're gonna be the most fucking obnoxious people if you ever watch School Days with someone. So say thank you to us because we gave you that gift. You have immense power now. This is gonna be like me every time we watch The Room because I fucking heard the audiobook to The Disaster Artist like 20 times. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's, it's a really good book, yeah. Next, we have a montage that just shows Makoto and Kato having fun. Mm-hmm. We also have a reminder here that, like, they're, they're actual childhood friends. Mm-hmm. They've known each other for, yeah. like, quite long. A childhood friends in uh, quotation marks. Yeah. Because he says the only thing they ever did in elementary school was that she beat him up. <laughs> right. They're probably also, like, I don't know, half cousins or something. Yeah, probably. They probably knew fr- them, each other from their parents slash siblings. They know each other from like the the, the the annual family barbecue where the entire cast of the show shows up. <laughs> they know each other from the grandfather or uncle twice removed uh, wedding or whatever the fuck. Mm. Whenever a character on the show dies, just everyone's at the funeral. Yeah. The entire family. I mean, you get that in animes, right? Like when someone dies, all the important characters show up at the funeral. Maybe they're all just related. Mm. Maybe that's just how it goes. We also see his phone in the kitchen, still getting messages. He doesn't have his phone with him. Yeah, he didn't take it with him, which shows us how old this anime is. <laughs> I mean, such a it's kind of strange, in such a phone-centric anime yeah. that he wouldn't take his phone please, with him. Please don't bring up phones again. I'm still hurt from last time. Yeah. Like, I'm like, why doesn't he take his phone with him on a break? Mm. But these are like 2006 phones. Like, all yeah, they what can, can he do, do with messages. it except for text with uh, um, uh, Katonoha? So, then later... Um, after they're done hanging out, Kato asks him out for the folk dance. Yes. They want to go there together. And what I want to say is, I made my notes for this before we see his response, or before we see how that scene is. Yeah. Um, and my notes for it were, this is actually fucking interesting. I think the concept of asking someone out to the folk dance is the perfect thing for school days at this point. That's the clickbait thumbnail of my YouTube video. Uh, the folk dance is perfect for school days or whatever the fuck. Something, you know, something people are uh, going to dis- disagree with in the comments until they see the video. The folk dance question is really important because he can't say yes to multiple people. He can only take one person to the folk dance. He can only go to the folk dance with one pre- uh, person. That means he's gonna have to make a choice here. <laughs> this is a point where he's actually gonna be forced to say this one person and no others. Okay, now please continue with how the scene actually continues. Uh, what you mentioned earlier with Makoto, like, looking up and down Kato happens v- completely literally in this shot. Yes. He, like, literally looks her up and down, is like, he, he internally says, yeah, she's hot. Yeah. And then, yeah, tap that. then like, he's about to uh, say, say okay. something. He's about to yeah. say something. We don't know specifically what he was going to say, but he's probably going to say yes. Mm-hmm. But then Sekai shows up and is like, you were supposed to take a break, you weren't supposed to, like, just disappear. Yeah. And drags him back to the kitchen. She gives like this this angry look back at Kato. Yeah, we only see her eyes, and we see Kato's eyes, and we see like the uh, the energy leaving her body. Mm. So on the way back to the kitchen, uh, Hikari shows up. There she is. Mm. Uh, and tells him that his oh, girlfriend. Wait. Yeah, the big 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 twist for the end of this episode. So yeah. people are gonna mm-hmm. turn into our next podcast. Uh, she tells him that his girlfriend came to the classroom. Bum bum da da. No, it's not actually. It's not actually. That it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal, actually. In the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, next half of this episode. Yes. I just r- realized that we have a really fucking weird format for our podcast. Huh? It's, it's just kind of wild that we're doing like half episode interval evolves of school days. I mean, yeah. Aren't we having a fucking strange podcast right now? Why would anyone else do this? Why would anyone listen to this? <laughs> we do have listeners. Yeah, dead. Yeah, but we have more <laughs> listeners. I have analytics. 
have analytics. I have people. I'm uh, I'm also a voice actor. I'm a voice actor for a YouTube animated series called The Lyos X and some other series on the same channel. And I have people in that Discord tell me, hey, uh, by the way, I'm still listening to Kill the Author, cool podcast. Why are people listening to this? What are we adding? <laughs> what are we adding to the universe? I assume we just did this for uh, for us. We, we're doing this for us, of course. Like, we're doing this to become the obnoxious people yeah. in the bad movie night. I thought this was trauma therapy to get over school days forever. It is. It is. Like, you... I, I don't know if you can completely agree on this, but, like, my perspective on school days has completely changed yeah. throughout, the, throughout this podcast. It has. And it's going to continue on. Like, I can't... We're going to do so much research into dumb shit in the final episode yeah like, i can't crazy. wait for that i can't wait for a completely new perspective on the finale of school days i can't wait to watch hard kokoro whatever garbage ova the ova yeah I, I can't wait to open the door to this new magical world it, it just hit me it just hit me that this podcast is kind of fucking weird but i'm glad that we're doing it and we're gonna be back again with it in two weeks um we kept that schedule so far like since mm -hmm. we started again yeah. this is the third episode we're doing i think in that new schedule third off third episode i think and it's it's really been working by just you know nailing it to a week it's always every second week we're gonna do the recording every second week and that's worked so far um for whatever reason all of you are out there listening to this podcast we appreciate you so fucking much uh it's incredible that you're there if you want to get in contact with us we're on twitter at authorkill uh or you can look at the videos on demand on my youtube channel burning oleander um it's uh it's wild that you're there but we know you're out there and we're glad to have you along for the ride you have anything else to say to close things up? Uh, no. This episode was very chaotic. This episode was chaotic, and the next one is going to be deeply unsettling. Um, so I guess this is a good counterweight, then. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I, I think focusing on weird stuff that doesn't really mean much this episode was kind of fun mm. to lead into the next one. I think we had a good run. Like, the last episode was also, like, that was very enjoyable. This episode was chaotic in a fun way. Um, next episode is going to be, from what I remember, significantly less fun. And we're going to have to talk about some serious stuff there. But we can't wait to see you all there once we get to it. So don't forget to... Uh, we don't have an outro. Don't forget to kill the author. Uh, see you then. The fucker has it coming. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.